The views and opinions expressed by the producers, hosts, and guests of Flash Black Radio do not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Flash Black or its parent company. Listener discretion is advised. Take my horse to the old town road. Gonna That's something you can talk about. Ride until I can't no more. Alright. What up, people? You know, I just heard that song for the first time in its entirety like last week. Well, it's, old town road? Yeah, it's quite a I, I, I avoided it as well and then I finally YouTube it. It's fun. Is it? I got the horses in the back. Right. <laughs> Shepherd, shepherd, shepherd. Can't nobody tell me nothing. He's got a, he's got Gucci, a he's, Gucci cowboy hat. I mean, that's a fun song. It's not real country music. It's fun. It's not real. It's fun. I, 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 I had hints of McLaren when I heard it. Like, um, da ha da ha. That's kind of what I thought of when I, I can heard people that. talking about it. That's so why I was like, yeah, like I, 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 I didn't take it like he was trying to be a thing other than a kid who was just having fun with music and somehow he got Billy Ray Cyrus to take part in it. It's um, kind of like how did Michael Bolton. I mean, we can. I thought we were just like, you know, we had the Russian spy over here. Like, oh, no. Like, oh, no. Vladimir is, is not spy. That's what most spies would say. What's easy? Hi. <laughs> T-Rich. <laughs> <laughs> Not doing this. I mean, Boris and the To my left. To the left. To the left. He's is double. Also known as Slim Williams. Also known as Vladimir. To the right. Uh, that's new for me. I didn't, I didn't know you were known as Vladimir. He it's, didn't know until yeah. like five seconds yeah. ago. Okay, that's it's cool. Uh, I was born today, <laughs> not yesterday. Okay, that's the, all right. Uh, Lee Bennett the third, aka Da Vinci Parks. Who calls you Da Vinci Parks? Uh, you know, why? Why are we <laughs> like we've been doing this for three years? You would actually like say that right like, now. If, if one must know, it is a moniker that at one point I rhymed under. It is an homage to both Leonardo da Vinci and Gordon Parks, who are two Renaissance men that inspired me a great deal. And they are a constant reminder that I need to always diversify my bonds. So if I see you in the streets and I'm like, hey, da Vinci, are you going to turn around? Well, you probably won't hear me because yeah. you have poor senses. Damn. Chrissy is See, I have, out. I have good hearing. It's just like my allergies. Do you? My allergies are really the culprit behind that. My hearing is actually good. When I get it tested, my hearing is actually very good. I heard good. you listen to the TV loud. It's plaques, yo. Chrissy is out. We wish you well. Um, yeah. So. It's a lot of weird staring going on. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why. Did I say something wrong? No, no. It's, 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 I, I feel like there there was commentary that that was rife for commentary from Slim. He just commentary didn't know where to was jump. Rife in. for commentary. Yes. So <laughs> we were having a back and forth, a tete a tete, if you will. And I feel like Slim had multiple iterations or instances where he wanted to jump in. That's like double dutch. Could, yeah, he was but, just like this. He couldn't figure out like like which joke do I take first. But what many people learn about me over time is. Sometimes I just I just ultimately decide to let the jokes have their day. Sometimes you're on slow. Sometimes you're on quick. Exactly. Sometimes I joke slow. Sometimes I joke quick. Mm. And sometimes I just don't say anything. Mentioning Double Dutch made me think of my secret Black Girl Project shame. I can't jump Double Dutch. <laughs> or turn it. Dun, dun, dun. Interesting. You can't turn Double Dutch roll? I don't know why my voice just went up that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, yeah, okay. Interesting. All right. Secret shame. All right. Whenever I would try to jump in, I would just get real just. <laughs> <laughs> I think you told me about the not being my shoe. Job. I don't know why it never stuck. Not like my face. <laughs> yeah. It never stuck that you couldn't turn I the robot. like, you can't turn either. Go over there. I'm like, oh. I'm going to read. 
Would you, would you like <laughs> Vladimir smart. to teach you? Yeah. Vladimir will teach you how to turn double dutch uh, roll. To see you jump double dutch would actually be very entertaining. With your it would, because you're like 6'6". Six, six. Yeah. So. It usually happens. People watch me do stuff at first. It's like, that's hilarious because he's so tall. But then it's like, he's actually like. People would have to get really close to turn. Coordinated. Like, he's actually dece- yeah, deceptively coordinated need, for a man of that size. They would need more rope. They're going to need a bigger rope. That's a Jaws reference for those who don't know movie. Some, some I probably can't jump, jump duck, duck, double dutch anymore. I've never been able to jump it. I, I can yeah. still turn though. I yeah, I can definitely turn. I'm not trying to jump nobody's double dutch rope. Oh, I would definitely do it for the jokes. I believe you. Yeah. I just, I just. I mean, I, I know the concept of how to turn, but like <laughs> <laughs> conceptually, I know how it's. Yeah, but you know how that's like. Oh, you double handed if the ropes don't turn right. Now it comes back to me because I never heard anybody say double handed before you said it. Uh, now that was a, back that me. was a regular term. Yeah, yeah. I I had never heard it though. I'm I not saying it a, wasn't a regular term. I'm not. I think I'm that's not a term amongst poverty stricken folks because they're very particular about the way you turn a double. You can't just get in there and just randomly t- yeah, yeah, turn. Yeah. No, yeah, if yeah. it don't slap right, it's like oh you double handed. Like well, we are not descended from French cobblers. You have to remember that. <laughs> so there's going to be some cultural differences yes. between us that we should recognize. So yeah, that was we my gonna, affliction. We gonna do this right now? <laughs> <laughs> really? It is, it's, this, this is what it's gonna be. It's gonna be, we like, just gonna be let like the this. bloody truth have its day. Okay, yeah, so we, we, what we're gonna do is we're gonna have a whole bunch of like, <laughs> oh, all right, all right, Jake. No, that's what we're not gonna do. No, we're not. I take my earrings off like I'm about to fight somebody. Cause you double handed. <laughs> I mean, that's a great way to deflect. Yeah, I'm double handed. You want to catch? You want to catch these double hands? And they all shut up. Nah, that was I, I couldn't fight those people. <laughs> she said those people. <laughs> they had struggles that were not like mine, but they were on my side. If ever I found myself in need of backup, that's what's up. Yeah, that's what's up. So what happens when you're smart, but you're poor. Amen. And look at you now. Look at me now. Hey, I'm getting paper. So you wanted to chat about these. Um, Debates between the twenty five thousand candidates. Only. I just five hundred twenty five thousand six hundred candidates. candidates. Oh, damn it! Just, <laughs> damn it! I'm be sticking too too close to the damn joke. <laughs> you can't play double dutch. Some things are meant to be. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so last I'm week Batman. there were two back to back. Democratic candidate, yeah, debates. The Wednesday and Thursday, yeah, a lot of them. Seventy-five one day and thirty-seven the next, or was it ten? Was it? Is it It just twenty? It was a cavalcade of candidates. Yeah, it was. It was was ten and ten. Was cacophonous. I want to say from what I saw because I did not watch it because I think as I've said before I'm an independent so I can't vote in these primaries and I'm not watching all these people who aren't going to make it past uh, New Hampshire so I do however well because there's Iowa and I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you I just said that was specific yeah (laughs) Yeah. I was uh I was registered (laughs) independent until Maryland um changed the changed the law Mm -hmm. um changed the voting laws so that you had to be registered either a Democrat or Republican in order to vote in uh primaries in Maryland so I was like I I I need to vote in primaries so I I changed my yeah uh, party affiliation to Democrat but I'm still an independent at heart um. And I was last year a supporter of Bernie. This year, not so much. Not so much. <laughs> not year, at all. Not, so well, not even slightly. Yeah. So yeah. we did have some. Com- I thought we had some interesting conversation about that. Yeah. Um. Uh. I I do believe. Okay. So I have a confession. I know a lot of people were feeling the burn. Uh. In 2015 and 2016, I was not one of those people. And I didn't. It's not that I don't think that what he was saying was helpful to the conversation. I don't think it, I'm not saying I don't think it was constructive. I don't think it, I'm not saying I don't think it was good. To me, it sounded like conjecture and it sounded one note to me. And I feel like seeing him so far this cycle 
is kind of confirming that. Now, I can't say whether that that's something subconsciously, maybe my mind wants to confirm it. Like, yeah, well, look, he's just doing the same thing he did. Like, I don't know. Well, he is. But I feel <laughs> as though, and I know those feelings with Newt Gingrich or whatever, feelings and facts and stuff like that, but I feel as though um, he's very basic in terms of what he talks about. At some point, he's going to take a question that you give him because I know he's very adept at not answering the question. Which the, makes him a great politician. Yeah, um, no, it's it's it's, but it's it's almost like is there's some politicians will like start to answer question, but I want to talk about this. I want to pivot. He literally is just like, how do I? It's like six degrees of Kevin Bacon, or you know, it's just, at some point, how, what is the shortest amount of hops I can make to get back to private interest, breaking up the banks, and environmental? You have to break <coughs> them up. I just want to say from the highlights that I saw, the standout is definitely there. There are a few. Marianne Williamson. Oh, you're funny, hilarious, <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, yeah. She. Uh, I want her around for at least a few more of these. That's right, girlfriend. Debates. She actually said, "Girlfriend on stage." I was I th- like, oh, "I think, wow. uh, yeah, I think uh, it's you know possible." What? what if you if you openly uh, suggest that we need to have that there should be some reparations you can say girlfriend (laughs) i'm gonna allow it i'm gonna allow her to say girlfriend on stage go for it peace and love and yeah i mean i just don't think that's something that's going to honestly last on the grand stage i do think oh probably not but right now it's entertaining as hell when you got like Mm -hmm. eight 20 20 candidates eight (laughs) twenty So you got fifty eleven candidates, and she's the one that like is standing out because it's like okay, you. I think you're serious, but you can't be serious. No, she's but serious, you are, but, she's but you serious. can't be. So I, I, what I like about Marianne Williamson is I believe in hearing her talk for longer periods where she doesn't have to uh, fend for herself to try to get this certain attention to like get her ideas out. I think she makes some salient points. Didn't she have a weird accent at some point? I don't know. I don't know. It's, to me, she she in the times that I've heard her speak, it sounds like she has perpetual like agitation to her throat. Maybe she has allergies or something like that. So she sounds. I don't know. She has a weird uh, tone to her voice when she talks. From what I've heard, the, the first time I heard her really talk on a candidate trail was on a Karen Hunter show, and she was definitely like dealing with a cough or something like that, or whatever, because she was constantly coughing and clearing her throat. Um, so I think uh, I think she has some interesting and well uh, thought out ideas, specifically with uh, with with, uh, with regard to reparations. Um, I think her argument and her counters, in seeing as though she's a white woman able to counter other white people on reparations, and like I've heard people call in, like, "Yeah, but this is da 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 da," and she had an answer that was salient for all of them. I'm like, yeah, but nah. So I liked that about her. I just ultimately I'm hoping that she's around enough for other people to kind of pick up what she's saying and start to like build that into what they're saying. Because I understand it's something of value. Same thing with Andrew Yang. I just, you know, <laughs> Andrew Yang got no time. It was hilarious. I want to be nutritious about this whole situation. You had, you had about five people. Go ahead. We, if you want to talk about Bernie Sanders, I'll simply say this about Bernie. <laughs> I am a last year. I was a supporter of Bernie Sanders this year. I'm not a supporter of Bernie Sanders. My reasoning is different mm-hmm. uh, than yours. My reasoning is that I feel like the points Bernie is making last year, he was the only one making those points. Mm-hmm. Now there are way more of the people in play making those same points, arguing, advocating for and those better. same points. So we don't have to rely on Bernie. I think if Bernie like harps on one point, though, I don't know if that's because of an inability for him to argue about other points. Some people latch on to what they think are the central issues, the most important issues, the things that really need to be tackled and need the the most attention. And for Bernie, I think it may just be a thing of we could talk about all this other stuff, but these are the central problems. And while we can spend all this time arguing about all these other things that aren't the most important thing, this is an important thing that could be his stance on that. But Bernie aside, Donald Trump being a president of this country is a problem. It is a problem for all of us, for every American. 
even a white supremacist who think it's good for him to be the president. It's not good for them either for him to be president. This primary process is for us to get down to the best person we can find to do the job as president, the way the job needs to be done to represent the American people and give voice and attention to the problems uh, and the uh, underrepresented people in this country who need it. But whoever ends up getting the nomination, whatever legitimate candidate that has like a legitimate chance of actually winning the presidency running against Donald Trump, I'm voting for that person. Mm-hmm. whoever it is whoever i don't want to j- vote for joe biden but joe biden is really problematic for me yes, he is. in many ways but if if he's at the top of the ticket running against donald trump uncle guess who joe getting, it is uncle joe is getting my vote <laughs> that's the way it is because bernie sanders is there I'm, if marion williamson it, it, is there exactly I'm be all peace and love exactly. with incense it, at the ballot at the ballot box it's kamala have whoever it is i'm not gonna cut off my nose despite my face and I'm not going to take a stand. I'm not going to not vote. I'm not going to vote for a third party candidate who don't have a legitimate chance of winning, uh, even though that could change. There could be a third party candidate that emerges a year and a half from now that does have a legitimate chance of, uh, be, of winning. Be too late by now. Then. But be I don't too late by then. I don't think that's going to happen. So can we can we uh, can we focus on what you're saying, though? Um, right. The, the last part that you were talking about in terms of like um, a third party candidate like voting for a third party candidate that doesn't have a chance to win um i think there are a lot of factors that led to donald trump like winning the electoral college Mm -hmm. um i think there was a lot of uh apathy with regard to voting i think a lot of black people felt like okay well we put barack obama in i'm not putting on black people i'm just saying i think there's a contingent of people it's like okay well we got him in ain't nothing in there for me that i like so i ain't gonna vote there are a lot of people who were like you know sore about bernie getting shafted by the dnc or whatever and how hillary got the nomination for the dnc ticket uh there are a lot of things there's also comey as we were talking about mm. doing that last <laughs> second we're going to investigate Hillary Clinton thing, which, of course, you don't do and wasn't necessary to do. There are a lot of things. But there was also people who wanted to do these protest votes. And I thought that those people were particularly problematic because you took the time to go out to the polls. You took the time to cast your vote, but you knowingly casted your vote for somebody that you knew could not win and could not. If it comes down to it, at the end of the day, it's. Hillary, which I know a lot of people have issues with. I was one of them. It was Hillary. It was Donald. More issues with Donald than Hillary. And then there's this third party candidate and whatever that doesn't have a snowball's chance in hell. Why are we casting ballots for? Like, what, what is that third party vote? What does that get you? And I think um, I had this, I had this uh, disagreement with this, somebody that I'm really cool with. And my, my stance and position was that I believe by you. And others like you doing that or whatever, you took away. And because, I mean, we had that with Nader. We've seen what it can do in terms of the third party vote, how it really just siphons off of the de- Democratic like uh, votes. It doesn't really affect the Republican <clears throat> base. So uh, I just wanted people to be mindful going into this year in terms of how they approach things. Like if you like a candidate and the candidate that you like doesn't ultimately wind up getting the vote. We need to be sensible about this. Is it's chess at the end of the day, and you being in your feelings that your candidate didn't get the, the shine that they, you thought they were supposed to get should not mean that you then cast some vote that's ultimately going to favor Donald Trump. Because if you didn't vote for the person who's directly opposed to Donald Trump in a dem, on a Democratic ticket, then you're voting for Donald Trump, whether you don't vote or you vote for a third party candidate or you cast a vote, vote for Donald Trump yourself. So I just wanted to throw that out yeah. there. It's not a philosophical conversation. It's a mathematical conversation. We're just talking about numbers. Yeah, people be out there feelings to point, this, this, point this blank. philosophy stuff. And, right? and yeah. if you want to have feelings, yeah, numbers. You, you, if you want to have feelings, we feel a certain way about our priorities, right? What's more important, that you make a statement by casting a vote that is not going to help us get rid of Donald Trump? <laughs> or, you know, we're starting to see studies now. They they pass this tax cut and all these, you know, millions of dollars of, you know, in tax cuts uh, have occurred and more and more economists, you know, are 
coming to the conclusion it was projected at the time but more and more economists are coming to the conclusion that it has not had a major uh, <laughs> economic impact um and it has not definitely has not well, except for the top one yeah. exactly targeted mm-hmm. it has had a targeted uh impact um so that's like that's real that's everybody that's everybody's pocketbooks you know this clown is talking about delaying the census it's like there's no, there is nowhere first uh, sitting American president to go into the demilitarized zone <laughs> in Korea, uh-huh, Korea and go yeah. to North Korea. Like, we're going to be at war with Iran. We're going to be at war with Korea. We're going to lose lose war with Russia because he's trying to suck Putin's dick. <laughs> and then Putin going to sneak him. Duh. It's like, yo, is good, and you, and it's it's not like this is not conjecture at this point. We're not talking about Donald Trump said some stupid things. We're not talking about that now. We're talking about what he has done while he has been president. And you want to look at you want to look at explicit evidence in front of you. And still say after that, the most important thing to do in this country is to get him out of that seat. (laughs) If you can't say that after seeing what he's done, I mean, I don't know what to talk to you about. I don't know how I could have like a cogent conversation with you if you don't if you don't see that at this point. Like grabbing by the pussy is terrible. But those are he said that. All right. Pulling out of the Paris Accords. He did that. Mm hmm. Pulling out of the Iran nuclear agreement, he did that. Those weren't words. He did those things. And now Iran is uh, um, have more enriched uranium. They've gone beyond the threshold, like you said, uh, of yeah. enriched uranium that, uranium that they're supposed to have. 300 kilograms was the threshold, and they've gone over that. So now they're in violation. So what type of sanctions kick in? I don't know, but technically we're not a part of that deal anymore. Uh, China, Britain, um, a couple other major uh quote unquote superpowers are part of that deal still. So there's somebody still watchdogging it. But, you know, we were the ones who kind of brought that to the table. We were benefiting from it. We were seeing like results and so Obama did it. So we can't like you can't stick to anything Obama did. Like anything he did, he's just like just, you know, you know, Obama could have actually reenacted slavery and then Trump were like, oh, I'm gonna executive order, just get rid of slavery. <laughs> uh yeah, it's it's it, it doesn't matter. Uh, what what is uh, what is happening with regard to your feelings on terms of uh, in terms of a specific candidate? It de- I'm not gonna say it doesn't matter. What I'm saying, what's more important is that we find something to get things moving back in the proper direction. Uh, I'm not saying things are perfect when Obama left office; they weren't. Uh, there's a lot of uh. We've seen over the last 20 to 25 years extreme breakdowns in how government works, where people who are hired to do a position are blatantly like not doing the position because they're not actually going there to represent their their constituents' interests. Like Strom Thurmond was a, a very real segregationist, but he was representing people who were segregationists and put them in there because that was what he was about that was what he was for so he was in essence representing his people and their interests uh we have like senators now who like you know like lindsey graham who like when trump was running he was saying that trump was a kook and he doesn't represent the republican party and now lindsey graham is like buddy buddy with the dude it doesn't make sense how government's running right now so i mean you know just not only um i feel like i'm ranting i apologize we have to get trump out but we also have to remember that senate races are are, are are in play too, so we need to get rid of uh, your boy, bitch McConnell. Uh, we got to get rid of Lindsey Graham. We got to get rid of a couple other people who are obstructionists in government as well, because at the end of the day, it comes down to stuff like Supreme Court justices, federal federal judge appointments, things like that. Look, you know, I read headlines and highlights. I can't okay. spend a whole lot of time reading all these articles about this shit that is going to be uh, destructive to my self care. So. Yeah. I read a little bit and I move on. Read a little bit. And then I read some on the shade room. All I'm saying is Republicans give zero fucks. They will stand, the majority of them will, will stand together on an issue 
and say something that's completely contradictory and hypocritical to something that they did prior or in the past, but stand united and get it done in most cases. And that has been a significant obstacle to progressive change in this country. And Democrats have so much like that's part of the is is six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. Part of the problem with having a party that is more inclusive, more inclusive uh, and diverse um, as far as cultures and ideas is that it's going to be harder to have find consensus. It's going to be harder to agree. Some things, there are some moments that are just bigger than everybody. And having this fool in the White House is one of those situations. So we as constituents, you got to make a decision, you know, about what's the most important thing, like having this clown in the office, in in over office or, you know. Your gripes about our political process, we can have a viable third party in this country, we can do that. Things get started with grassroots movements and then you get a third party candidate that's actually a viable candidate that a lot of people would support. And then you disrupt. Then you disrupt the system. I like mean, that's what Tea Party did. Yeah, you can do that, you know. But you gotta, you gotta do that, and you have to make sure you strategize in a way that, even though you're doing that, you are effective in a way that doesn't harm the country by having a president who does not represent us well. That who that I don't know what what college did Donald Trump graduate from? Did he? I don't it's, know. His, it's his degree from. He has a degree from some college. Right? I don't know. Uh, but they they sealed off his his records. I don't from know. High Didn't he get his MBA from Wharton? He I think t- that sounds. Unquote. I think that sounds. He talks like he has an elementary school education, and we should not have the highest rank. Our commander in chief, chief, the highest ranking executive official in our country, representing themselves that way. Representing our country this way, he talks like somebody who doesn't know the the demands of his position. Like you know, he's going to talk to the pre- the president of Puerto Rico is doing a terrible job. Like you're absolutely correct, sir. You are the president of Puerto Rico. <laughs> like like yeah, just... he is unchecked privilege. He is privilege run amok. He is an example of what happens uh, when you don't put the controls on privilege that you are supposed to, or when you don't pull out. Uh, we can change. Uh... <laughs> We, we we can change on on uh, like just talking about Trump just brings my spirits down. You, you, That's yeah. why I'm not participating. I, feel, I ain't mad at you. I I noticed your silence over there. Uh yeah yeah. So um I'm I'm good. I think going back to like the Democratic uh, candidates, I think a lot has to get sussed out. I think uh, Pete Buttigieg and Kamala Harris did themselves all the favors in the world. On uh, you really think Mayor Pete did himself some favors? Uh, I think he he showed pretty well on on on. Yeah. I, I'm talking about in the actual debate. I know he had some things when he had to go back home to answer to some angry constituents. Oh, okay. That's separate. I'm talking about in the actual debate. He looked good in the debate. Uh, and yeah, I I know he has some issues. Uh, that he has to deal with, uh, and there's some things that he's touting that if you look into it a little bit, you know, there might be some more questions that need to be followed up. But uh, I like how she timely sipped her water. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that he did some self- favors for himself. I think Cory Booker really wants to fit in. He's like that. He's like, he just wants to sit at the cool kids' table, and I just I just think his thirst is going to get him in trouble. Um, Biden is a candidate until he like uh, shoots himself in the foot too many times and can't walk. I will say this in the debate, uh, the second debate with Biden, everybody Biden has a commanding lead um, mm-hmm. in this race. As far as the polls are concerned, he needs to be beat up significantly in order for somebody else to ultimately be the nominee at the end of this process. And I think during that debate, he was successfully beat up multiple times and come and Kamala Harris was leading the charge. Um, so that doesn't mean she's going to ultimately be the nominee. She's I'm just one of the say she threw, she threw some heavy. Well, she definitely threw the heaviest body blow. Um, during the debate, but mm-hmm. she threw a few significant body blows, uh, and other people were trying to hit him too. I can't remember the cat's name, which is hilarious. I know you're talking, talking about, about this. The one who the, said the his cat, father, the cat, yeah, yeah, the one who yeah. who was talking about his uh, student loans and uh, 
the next generation and yeah. passing the torch. Pass the torch. He said, yeah. He said, Joe Biden told me to pass the torch because I went to see him speak when I was a little. Six years old. He said, six years old, I saw a candidate say you need to pass the torch to the younger generation. Yeah. He said, that was Joe Biden. So yeah, he, he got hit. He took a lot of punches yeah. in that debate. And the next year and a half is going to be that. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> this and, is going to be all that. So. Yeah. And I think there's going to be a lot of backroom dealing to see who gets that vice presidential hookup type deal or whatever. Because people were talking about potentially a Biden-Harris uh, ticket. People were talking about potentially a Castro-Harris ticket. Um, I heard Stacey Abrams was being looked at at one point, I think, for Biden's camp uh, for, for a VP slot. Or that's what they were speculating. I think a couple camps had talked to Stacey Abrams. So... Um, I think there's just got a lot be a lot of time, and I think um, once you go through a couple of these primaries or whatever, I think things will get more intensified. But also, the, the question is, how damaging is it going to be in the process to, to get to that point? Uh, so, I don't know. Maybe one day in this country, where we will reach a point where politics isn't filthy. Maybe we'll maybe that'll happen one day. Yeah, no, but I don't. Yeah, no, this country would have to get a lot smaller. <laughs> a lot smaller. Why smaller? Yeah. Why is that the metric? Uh, I I just think it have to just be less people. It have to be on some like you know, yeah, just be less how, people. How would that? How would I, I don't understand know. how you, that you, would you, facilitate you, <laughs> cleaning up politics? Huh? Have you seen small? I've well, seen you, very well, small well, companies well, well, yeah. that have like I, I, I'm not I'm not I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm not politics. disagreeing with that. But at the end of the day, I I think what happens, and then you were speaking to it in in in, in a way you weren't speaking specifically to this point, but. Mm-hmm. You were saying that there are a lot of people that have, you know, disparate interests. Mm-hmm. And that's true. Mm-hmm. When you reduce the amount of people, you kind of reduce the amount of differences be- between people in, uh, by default. Because at the end of the day, people are weird in that they want to be a part of a larger group, but they still want to find a way to be distinctive and special uh, with the group that they identify or groups that they identify with. So it's like, you know, if you. If you reduce the size or whatever of the the population overall, I'm not I'm not saying that you should. I'm just saying hypothetically, if that were to happen or whatever, I think that that would cause people to find more commonality, and then finding more commonality, then that's just a theory. I just think in finding more commonality, I think people will be able to get things done a little bit better and a little bit cleaner as a result. It's an interesting theory. I mean, that was just off the cuff. I, mean, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was I wasn't thinking about this two weeks ago. Like, you know, if I think of a, I mean, Bill Burr is giving some thought to it. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's an interesting so, theory. Yeah, I know. I've seen you know, I've seen small groups of people not get stuff done. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, just because I've seen small the, groups of people have meetings about meetings. Exactly. Yeah, I one feel you the, on that. One of the negatives of having smaller groups of people is that when there are smaller groups of people, the people who are there have more power and influence. They have they have a greater impact, you know, on the situation. So that's a it's like six and one half a dozen. You would hope that by having a smaller number of people, the people who are left would have more common interests. You would think. Um, I but think, I, I, just, I don't. I don't know that that would be the case. Okay. So the, the examples that I've seen in life don't bear that out. So let me just throw a little something out here. You don't have to answer it, mm-hmm. but because this is more like a rhetorical question, is it possible? That some of those smaller rooms that you're seeing, though, is because certain people are are expectant to actually be leading the discussion or having more input than others in the discussion. And there are less people like you, me, and T. Rich in those rooms that perhaps maybe those move, meetings don't move like they're supposed to. Well, that's a different conversation. because I think that's tied that, together. But it's, it's different, though, because one is volume. One is volume Yeah, only. but if, if, if it's six people in the room- Now you're, you're talking the about room. the no. composition of that volume. That's two different, that's two different conversations. Yeah, but I said, if you, I said if you had less people, I said you would still find ways to find more commonality. I didn't say what the, what the makeup would be of the, of the less people. But what I'm saying is when right now, as we're, as we're structured right now in mm-hmm. this country, mm-hmm. if you go into a small room in the small company mm-hmm. and there are 10 people in the room mm-hmm. and there's only one person that looks like you- mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? And the rest of them don't look like you or whatever. Mm-hmm. Then what you have to say and your thoughts are a little less important sometimes. And that's just kind of like the expectation. That's all I'm saying. How is the smaller number going to change that? Is uh, my well, well, I'm saying like if, it, if it's- Because the based, well, on the based on the population of the country, 
that would bear out as far as representation goes. With fourteen percent of the con, with fourteen percent of the population. Well, well, tell, tell me. Okay, 10 so people be, in a room. Speaking of maybe the census, should only be one of me in a room. Wait a second. Speaking of the census, though, there is a very real discussion in terms of like there are a lot of people who don't fill out the census for various reasons. Very true. So there is a very real uh, thought and belief that we are underrepresented and by the way people uh fill out the census because like the census lets you Whenever know what type comes of, up yeah <laughs> the census allows you to get resources uh for your communities and stuff how people allocate government funds how they do your districts and all this stuff there's a lot of stuff that goes into it um it's not punitive if you fill it out but fill out the census and a lot of people who got their uncles and cousins living in their house with them they don't never say nothing because they try and like you know get them uh you know tax claims at the end of the year all types of weird shit but what i'm saying is um, it's very possible that we're not properly represented in terms of the census statistics in the first place. Correct. Um, we know that there's a shift as we speak uh, with regard to like uh, uh, just like how the, the, the country is just, the world is becoming browner. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. I think the real, the real truth is that European identity has been so thoroughly imprinted mm-hmm. and as we get more uh into communication in terms of being able to see like podcasts vlogs tv mm-hmm. media all these different things and other people are finding ways to get access to these things we're understanding that there's a lot more diverse there's a billion people in china a billion people in india mm-hmm. right Africa is a big fucking continent. And the thing I like to point out to people, like, again, like, and somebody had to break this down to me like some years ago, Nigeria is a third the size of the United States of America. That's just one country in the continent of Africa. Mm-hmm. The continent of Africa, the way it's represented, is much larger than what it actually is on the, on the map or the globe that you look at. Mm-hmm. So if Nigeria is a third the size of the United States, and it's not even the biggest country in Africa, mm-hmm. uh, just in terms of the whole makeup, the demographic makeup or whatever, we're already bigger than we, that like, you know, like you go to Brazil, Brazil's got like, statistically speaking, the second highest concentration of people of African descent outside of the continent of Africa. Mm-hmm. That's Brazil. South America is brown. Mm-hmm. South America is not small. You know what I'm saying? Right. You, you know what I'm saying? So I'm just saying, you think about the world population, you got the Aboriginal in, in Australia, whatever. So like at the end of the day, you got a smaller group of people who have made themselves an invasive species in some instances or whatever and wiped a lot of people out to make themselves comfortable. At the end of the day, the world is a big place. And I think we're starting to understand that that makeup might not be what we've been told all this time. So again, <laughs> I'm going to say the first point you made was a point about overall volume and not a point about the composition of that volume. I don't disagree with that. That's a discussion about representation. And mm. I would maintain that if the representation is executed properly as it should be, as we would both agree it should be, then volume is not the factor that needs to be changed. Proper representation is the factor that would need to be changed. I would agree. I don't think that well, we would, having 300,000, three, I don't think that having three, 300 million Americans versus 35 million Americans would be the determining factor. I would think if there is, uh, if there are actually 25% or 30% or 40 or 50% or 57% people of color actually in the, uh, in the country that need to be represented properly. Um, if there's a higher concentration of LGBTQ, I, a, I, a, LGBTQ, Q, I, a, it's a Q, Q, queer and questioning, lesbian, gay, transgender by, Queer, questioning, asexual, pansexual, intersex. Okay. That need to be represented uh, in the country. Um, I keep adding letters. Just, I, just I, had a, yeah, I just had I just, to facilitate cool, a webinar. Yeah. I just think that's, it's, it's a represent, cool. that's a representation. It's, cool. it's just like, it's just like I thought I had the LGBTQIA. I was like, and then the Q is another Q? Mm-hmm. Like, damn. Q, can we do Q squared? Some people like to add a second A in there for allies, but I don't think that's appropriate. Uh, It's like saying you're a black person because you're an ally. No, it's not the same. I like that. (laughs) T-Rich, everybody. I am kind of paying attention. Yeah, I keep every time we're talking, I'm like looking over. We keep looking over. We keep looking at you. Like, like, whenever you're looking down, yeah, she's still looking down. We'll just keep talking. We here for you. No, no, what? Let's 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 put a pin on it. I feel like go ahead. I wanted to. I think this is very important for the conversation. It's cool. 
I don't like giving people cop outs. And I think there are legitimate changes that we could be that could be made human changes. And I'm not just talking about America, human changes around the world. If people just had the will to be better and do better. I don't think we need to like call the population in order to do that. I don't. I. I that's I what I didn't say. To, that was the case. I didn't say that. I just said hypothetically. Like I think something like that would be more likely. Other than people just all one day, like aliens would have to come down for us to more like look at each other. Like oh, we're all human. Like oh, I think something like 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 planetary has to happen. Like people all can't deny. And that that's could, what I'm saying. That could be the case. I'm simply saying that. Humanity has everything it needs yep. in its possession right now to do what needs to be done. Always have. We could talk about what the conditions need to be, you know, for people to do what it need what needs to be done. We could have a zombie apocalypse. I, I don't think that's going to make the world better. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You, we, you don't? we nah. I think if we call the population, we might have a situation with a strong rule, like more so than now. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, like it, it could be like because straight like savagery law, out. Yeah, there. but laws are gonna fall, and I think that's the thing. And if you at least if you read the comic book or the you know the, the compilation, uh, that's the thing. It's really like how laws, like what laws really like last, and what what does the preservation of law mean? That's why I thought it was interesting that they made Rick like who was a person who was a law officer. Mm-hmm. Be like the focal point of the story, whatever, because he has an understanding or like a tie. We're talking about Walking Dead, by the yeah, way, yeah. just in case. Yeah, it was a transition. We, we, we just pivoted. Yeah. Well, I just said zombie apocalypse. Yeah, well, you specifically like, went to uh, Walking Dead. That's but that's what. So I, I wanted to I make think, sure they were aware. I think when you when when about. when you when you started to make your counter, and I'm mm. not saying it wasn't a good counter. Mm. I think you were saying my counter had to do with like my, my my first statement. My my second statement had more to do with what you were saying about being in smaller rooms, and I just applied the scenario to fit that. Okay. So that's why I was saying it, it wasn't it wasn't like one of those things like the, those two weren't made. Like, they weren't Jermaine. Okay. All right. Or Tito. So we agree then. Did just decreasing the population. I, <laughs> n- I, I don't want to decrease the population. You said we would need a lot less people. Huh? <laughs> I think that might I, have been the verbatim. Okay. That was a scenario that I saw just, and that was something I said off the cuff. Okay. I think less people. I don't want there to be, I don't want like there to be some type of nuclear. I'm not calling for some like street. I'm not rush if you're listening. That's not what I'm doing here. I'm just saying, I think like something dramatic would have to happen for people to actually wake up and be human beings. I think part of the problem is we often don't care about things unless it directly impacts us on a personal level, meaning it impacts us as people or the people that we quote unquote care about. Mm-hmm. And then until it happens that a lot of us don't have empathy outside of what we're going through. Mm-hmm. We can't relate to it. And that's why like the idea of whiteness is so damaging because it's so exclusive and it's fragile and it's not based on anything. It's bullshit. It's smoke and mirrors. And so it allows you to basically disconnect from everybody else who's like experiencing shit in life on so many right. different levels. Right. And I'm tangenting again. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, academically, I actually agree that we need less people just for a different reason. <laughs> I think we do need to call. I just wanted to be play. clear that I wasn't trying to like, you know, code like, you know, just like 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 dog whistle that we need to like start murking people. That's that's not what I was doing at I, all. I, I think we get we get one that. we get one planet and we are going about the business of making that planet uninhabitable <laughs> for us. Because the Earth is gonna be fine, y'all. Here's the here's it the will here's the secret. Yeah, <laughs> Earth will be perfectly fine if our species dies. I mean, this is this before. will be the seventh time. Well, the seventh <laughs> yeah. time there's been other six other um, um, cataclysmic yeah. um, um, life event. Life Earth will be like your computer. It just needs to restart. Exactly. Boop, reboot. Boom. Wiped out everything you had because you got the black screen of death. But hey. Earth and cockroaches, they will be here. All right. We are the ones who are fragile. We are, we need already a very to their yeah specific ecosystem for us to survive on this planet. Cockroaches don't even need to survive with it. Only you can cut off his head and it'll still survive because it's a cockroach. It's evolved. That was weird. Sorry. You ever seen a seen a flying clock, cockroach? Yes. Yes. You mean the palmetto bug? That's what people like to call them. Like Saint Elizabeth's. That's ain't number. They ain't Along number with bats and mice. Oh yeah. Gosh. When I was a. Uh, Pentagon is worse. They got worse things. I was very, very young. I went in the bathroom when we were in, uh, in our apartment in Southwest. I went in the bathroom. I saw a roach on the shower curtain. And, you know, roaches were no new thing to me. I would see them all the time. 
the wings came out. <laughs> I said, Changed your whole life, huh? Didn't I was very young. I had never seen it before. Mm-hmm. I was like, uh, and that joint started flying. Because <laughs> it was like new. This was new mm-hmm. information for me. I was like, no, I, ca- I can't live like this. Taking over. Yeah, but I was still poor after I saw that. So I just, I just, I couldn't just like, I couldn't just move. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't just leave. Yeah, that was that was a. I did not expect to talk about flying roaches today. Hey, look. Okay, that's what. That's what shit you might have missed is all about. Frying, flying roaches, okay, or frying roaches. <laughs> hey, they're a delicacy in, in some. some you're right. They are. They're just not in my house. Lots of protein. Uh, so. T. Rich, you look very uh, focused over there. I was playing a word game. Oh, oh my god! Okay, wow. All right, wow. You know, while you guys were going on, you, you weren't you, you weren't you weren't moved by any of the political. I mean, is there any trash oh. TV you would like to discuss? Or I no, just, I, I would have... like to um, give a shout out to. I'm gonna mess her name up. I forgot her. Corey Goff. G-A-U-F-F, so I'm going to go with Goff. She's um, 15 years old, and she defeated Venus Williams today. Um, she's a 15-year-old African-American, Black American. I'm mm-hmm. not sure of her lineage, so I'll say Black American because she's Black. Um, she's the youngest person in uh, competing in Wimbledon and the youngest person to advance since, I think, Jennifer Capriati and... Hmm. The early 90s, I think, is when Jennifer had her moment. So congrats to Corey, also known as Coco. What's she looking like? Is she going she gonna to be the greatest tennis player of all time? I don't know. She did win. Um, I think she won like the junior French mm-hmm. Open or got she placed well in the junior French Open. So I'm just excited to see this next group of, yeah. of black women athletes with her and Naomi Osaka. Mm-hmm. Sloan Stevens. Mm-hmm. I need Sloan to get over that hump. It feels like she's been like stalling every time she gets down to the quarters. She has. I asked you that question because when I saw Venus Williams for the first time, I was like, Venus Williams is is really, really good. But the first time I saw Serena Williams win, I was like, this win is or like, lightning. Or play. I don't know if I saw it when the first time I saw her play, uh-huh, like, but when first time I saw her win, like a championship or just a just like a, match. a grand slam. Okay, like first time I saw her win a grand slam, mm-hmm. I was like, "This woman, mm-hmm. this woman, like can play. She got a shot." I didn't she always believe in Serena because I felt like she allowed herself to get distracted by a lot of things. Like at some point, she tried to do a clothing line, and mm-hmm. she. She's doing some other. She some had won other a couple things. slams by then, though. She yeah. she did get distracted though. The Anyeras was kind of yeah. She was like did, trying to do like but the also walk. like the part of that. Even if you win a couple of slams, you divert your focus from training to trying to come suffer. up with some janky ass clothing line. Yeah. Then you're not going to be in shape to compete. Just yeah. watching her play, and then and then like why when she won, I was like something just clicked in my mind. I was like she's ferocious. And that's not a word you uh, you often use when you describe a tennis player, <laughs> ferocious. Yeah. So I was like, and I was, you know, you have a lot of arguments about gender and best player ever versus the best uh, woman versus best man, or you talk about all that stuff all you want. I I would take, I would put my money on Serena against a lot of people. I would in her I, prime. I would if Serena in her prime mm-hmm. against Federer in his prime. I pay money to see that. I'm gonna tell you like this. <laughs> no, no, and, and there's something to be said to that because Federer had problems with Rafa, mm-hmm. and Rafa like the Rafa the way Rafa can get around the court is similar to how Serena can get around the court. Yeah, um, Venus She's will so be powerful. kind of Venus would be kind of like um, like a Federer because like long like just like you know very graceful and all that stuff whatever power mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. but like Rafa just just zip you know what I'm saying also I, Rafa is trained on clay so the ability to like transition yourself from once playing on clay and playing on hard is like completely different mm-hmm. so that's why most of the time he wins whenever they play on clay mm-hmm. I will also say this the first time I saw Serena play not win. Mm-hmm. Venus Williams is a phenomenal. I think she is one of the greatest tennis players of all time. Mm-hmm. 
the first time I saw her play, I felt like she was better than Venus. The first time I saw I'm her play, that's, that's that's what I was gonna that's what I was, I was gonna like, speak to. Uh, I remember specifically <laughs> having a a disagreement with my stepfather. This is like this is this is like early two thousands. Mm-hmm. Um, I had seen Ser, uh, Serena play. I'd seen both of them play before the turn of the century. So like ninety nine, I had watched one or both of them play. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember watching them, and I remember for a very long time, everybody's like, oh, but Venus is better, da 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 And I was like, no. <laughs> no. I was like, no. I watched them both play. It's just like, just Serena's younger. She's not there yet. She was more raw at the time. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like her power and like how she just like, she was just like, like a bull in the china shop when she was like ripping down that baseline. So I was just like, just give her time. And I remember everybody was on it. And I think that's one of the things that I don't like about uh uh, just sports commentary in general, they tend to just adopt what everybody else is saying, and that becomes the narrative. You know that you know the, the narrative was that Venus was better, and even her their followers saying that Serena is better. So I was just like, okay, well, the man that trained him, in my eyes, I'm gonna believe those two things. I'm gonna believe my eyes, and I'm gonna believe the man that trained him, and I'm not gonna believe y'all. And we see how it pans out. But cognitive dissonance is a real thing. It permeates every subject, even sports. You know. Yeah. Oh, especially sports. Well, yeah. Especially sports. You know, Tom Brady. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Mm. I'm sorry. I'm not laughing about anything in this conversation. That's what I'm saying. We, I'm looking we know. At you. Just, we know. Trying to figure out what's. <laughs> I was just reading. A, this is so silly. Um, the Old Town Road dude. Mm-hmm. He just had to post a thing to say. Little Nas X. Yes. It's like Old Town Road is literally about horses. <laughs> Because, of course, they've been giving him shit. But go on. This is not a metaphor. It's just horses. This is literally about horses. So, yes, I am very excited to see this new batch of young talent coming up. Yes. Yes, people. We can talk intelligently about tennis, too. Surprise. And this would be more effective if there was, like, video. (laughs) Way more effective. Would it? I like to think that it would have been. Oh, mess with my mental mind. I was good. I don't like your look. I can I can feel your look. I can't see it because my glasses aren't on my face. But I can feel your look. Not even looking at you. <laughs> you didn't have to look at me to have a look. <laughs> Literally just looking at sixteen point mm-hmm. nine fluid ounces on this Deer Park bottle. Um that's I think that's all I had. Did you guys have you guys seen the Black Godfather? I have. No, I don't even know what that is. Wasn't it fascinating? It was. I like I like I called my mother after I watched it, like uh I know how you are about language, but I think you would really enjoy this. You should watch it. And it's not so, about like like gangsters. I'm not, so for I'm not Slim knowing. and those of you who have not seen it, The Black Godfather is about Clarence Avant, who is like connected to everybody. 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 Just everything. He's in music. He's in movies. TV. He owned a radio station. Records. Politics. Like Barack. And he's like, somebody made the comment like, you don't run for any sort of office without first consulting Clarence Avant. Just in everything. Yo, to see like a former sitting president, two former sitting presidents talk about like the impact that this dude have and then transition to Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Like, yo, man, like it it was just it was just you see all the like just the way they started to join up or whatever. It's like, okay, that's ludicrous right there. Uh that's Jamie Gene, Fox. Was that Gene Simmons was one of the people? No. No, wait. I'm mixing that up with another documentary I watched. I watched a documentary uh about um Bongo band. Oh, never mind. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Diddy was in there. Yeah, um Diddy, that dude. <laughs> Jimmy Pop Jam and Terry Bongo. Lewis. Babyface and L.A. Reid, mm-hmm. uh, Clinton and Barack. Quincy Jones. Quincy who, Jones like, is like his his, his main boy. man. Yeah, that's his boy. So it's just like, yeah, it's it's the dude knew Kamala a Harris. Lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. So do yourself a favor and watch it. It's fascinating it shit. Is. It is because this man is just like connected to everything, and it was just like amazing how he got his start from just 
this one man saying like, hey, manage this person. Mm -hmm. And now you're going to go do this. I need you to move out here and put this person in movies. Oh, Mm -hmm. do this. Go buy a house here. Go do this. Go do that. And just. And he goes back to like literally like the like the 40s. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah, like like in terms of like his reach, you know what I'm saying? So like seeing like pictures of him just chilling with like Oprah, all, Oprah, but also Frank Sinatra. You know what I'm saying? It's just like you know, like this dude felt like he knew everybody, and it didn't matter what his ethnicity was. He just, he just he would go into rooms and people like the nah, only black person in the room. Break yourself, mm. and Matt was like in like the 50s okay. and 60s. And yeah, like, yeah, nah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like, just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like, yeah. And then you, you like, like, I'm talking about like, and like cussing people out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it wasn't just no, because he was also about Jimmy Carter. He was, he was cool. Like, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He so, was asking this guy, was it Andrew Young? Yes, Andrew Young. He called Andrew Young and was like, "The fuck you know about this this dude Jimmy Carter?" Because yeah. he loved to curse. Yeah. Um. It's like, um. Yeah. He's he's a good guy. So he supported Jimmy Carter. Just all the moves that he's made behind the scenes, mm-hmm. the moves that he was able to make. Yeah, it it, it is it is well worth the watch. Uh, Net Netflix has a really good documentary, just like stash show. It's like you can fall in a hole on, on Netflix. The thing also that I really liked about it was when he. Um, he had this thing of saying, like, you know, life is always about the numbers. It's about the numbers. You're born with a number. You die with a number. Everything is numbers. Mm-hmm. So Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis were saying, like, when he met with them initially, he sent their agent out and was like, "That's I, I didn't want to speak to, about that, but yeah. It was like, we need to talk about what you're asking for. And they were like, oh, are we asking it's for too, too much? much? You know, we can, we can ask. Yeah. And he's like, no, you're not asking for enough. Mm. And it's just it's, always yeah. wanting to make sure that people knew of. their worth and added tax. And mm-hmm. we're okay with going into rooms and saying that and people being able to say, like, you know, I spoke to Clarence Yvonne about this and people just be like, cool. Yeah. Or just like, just like the man was like, uh, yeah, so Michael Jackson wants you to manage his, his next tour. He's like, I ain't got time for that shit. Uh, 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 you, you, you handle it. <laughs> and, right. and, and they just become like a thing. Mm-hmm. They become that he would validate people. So you talking Lathan. about Stan Lathan, Andre Harrell, just like all the people that we know from like hip hop. Also, like like making like like you know, come on, who don't know about like the face records? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Clarence Savant, thank you. Uh, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, Clarence Savant, thank you. D- uh, Diddy, Andre Harrell, who was like uh, Diddy's mentor. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it just goes down the line. Like yo, this dude was just it's it's amazing. It's amazing. It's one of those. It's like it's like six degrees of separation. Uh, six degrees of Kevin Bacon, but but better. And black. Don Cornelius. Yeah. Talking about when uh, what's his name? Dick Clark wanted oh, yeah. to come up with a, a a basically like a black bandstand to go against Soul Train, and Clarence Avant was just like, "Nah, you're not going to do this." And so they were like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> they didn't yeah. do it. Yeah, I shut this shit down. Like, nah, we're not cool with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he any relation to the singer Avant? No. Thought would be much more successful. That's all I'm saying. He would do anything to help him. Like, just, help his, just help his namesake. He just didn't help him. But out, like, man. shit, you didn't even know. Like, what? Tim, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis got their start from producing a song by the F- SOS man. I didn't know about the SOS man thing. No, that shit right there. But once I heard, it, I said that makes sense. Because like, it's just like Maybe just listening to it. it. Yeah, when listen to it, do it right. And I used to do love the SOS right. man. We can do it, baby. I knew about Jimmy Jam and Terry do Lewis from night. being with Prince, and he fired them for being late. And he was like, yeah, so they just had to figure out their own thing. I didn't know the transition between from going from Prince and like the time and all that stuff mm. to Janet. I didn't know about the stuff in between. And SOS man, I didn't know. But he put the stuff together getting yeah. Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis with Janet. Yeah. Because they was like, you know, Janet was out here singing in coffee shops or something. Nobody was listening to her. And then he was like, yeah, these dudes. From Minnesota, mm-hmm. connect with them, mm-hmm. and now look. And then they became with this whole thing. It's like, yeah, like if we produce an album, we gotta do at least five tracks. Mm. It's off top. We we doing the whole thing, five tracks. You fuck with us or not? Mm. Yeah. So do yourself a favor, sit down and watch it. Watch it's it. Quite it's amazing. It. It's not trash TV like I talk about. You know, most of the time on here. I, that's not most of the I'm time. A, I'm a little disappointed, but it's fine. 
I mean, I can talk about. I did watch last night. Yeah, Real Housewives of Potomac and Southern Charm New Orleans, which is back. Are you keeping up with Queen Sugar? Oh, fuck you, Nova! (laughs) I I just want to say that this. uh, Without even giving anything away, fuck you, Nova. Yeah, I just want to say that this season, to me so far, is really hitting all the notes because it's the balls. Yeah. The nerve of you to just But it's not just that. It's just like like when when they when I saw David Allen Greer was joining the cast. So far I was like, okay, I know what this is. And then when you saw put the And I was like, okay. I was like, okay. Okay. So I was like, like all right. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I, I still say that Hollywood is still one of my favorite characters on that show. I have no points of reference yet. Yeah. You you look no. You, you, no? No, I'm talking about you. Oh. Oh, that's okay. Um, well, I, like, well, you are missing out on some good. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm glad that I've been. I had some point made it a point to watch the show. It, I really, really in, in, am enjoying the season so far, and also Grownish has, has been. You've seen a, um, you've seen a struck match. Uh, yes. And you've seen a bridge. Yes. Now imagine those together. That's Nova this season. <laughs> <laughs> That's Nova this season of oh Queen Sugar. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Imagine that bridge is in London. <laughs> <laughs> like, girl, come on, get it together. Yeah. Um, yeah, those were the only things I wanted to talk about. Also, ladies, can we please stop um deep throating produce on the Instagrams? Have some pride about yourselves. Most men's dicks ain't that big, no way. Anything I else? thought, I mean, I remember that was a thing like when Peppa did it on The Surreal Life and I was like, I always knew I liked you, Peppa. But, uh, no, it's a thing now as of this weekend on The Shade Room. Mm, okay. I don't know if I have an opinion about this. I guess I should. I guess I should formulate one, but I, I don't I don't think I have. I mean, I saw Pepper take you a whole banana, put it down her throat. Don't and have then, an like, opinion. Pull it back out. So imagine if you women deep throating vegetables were on... scrolling through the Instagrams and you happen to see your daughter filleting a cucumber. I would definitely have an issue with my daughter filleting a cucumber on Instagram. So I guess I have an opinion about it. Yes. Yes, I have an opinion. It's all the rage, I guess. Uh, but I would most this, this my issue with my daughter pod, would be Tide Pod Challenge. Like, like, I would just be confused. I, 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 I was unaware of this whole it's thing. Confusing. I was unaware. This is the first I've heard of it. Yeah, it's it seems to be the thing now. Well, I I just I just learned, I do hashtags. Thickest, longest week. cucumber you can find and fillet it for Instagram. Wow. Because the internet ain't forever. It, you don't. I I guess okay. I don't. If you want to give a man head, you don't have to audition. Like he, he wants the head already. Like he, he, you offer. That's the audition. Yeah, he he'll take it. Is you don't even have to ask. In in like ninety five percent of circumstances, maybe somebody will be more just, discerning. Like I don't know how much teeth you gonna have. Like hey, let me get this cucumber. And uh, this is representative of me. Nobody me ever gave me a cucumber <laughs> to see if I was going to use teeth. Why can't you just say none of my jokes? Just, no. Damn it. Believe me. We know it's ignorant. We know that it was ignorant. If you're not giving me head, it is circumstantial. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are some criteria in my life that will not allow me to let you bless me in this way. A mouthful of razor blades. It's a mouthful of razor blades, or you know, I am in a like a committed relationship with somebody else and can't engage in that activity with you. You know, stuff like that. But like that's, I'm not, I'm not, I'm definitely not going to be like, oh damn, the way she took that cucumber. Let me DM her. Uh, that's how yeah, the internet's how the, work. That's how the Instagrams work. Yeah. Especially once you go viral on the shade room, then it's like, oh, everybody gets to see you filleting a cucumber. But if if a woman mm-hmm. wants mm-hmm. to interact with somebody on social media, she can just do it. Like she don't have to put no business out there. She could just interact with the person. That's yeah. how the internet's work. But the problem is now she filleted a cucumber. 
So now this other person has to fillet a, a cucumber to say like, hey, she's not the only one who can fillet cucumbers. I, I, don't, I don't understand. It's like there are, are so the way men and women are socialized, it is what it is. It's different. And there are certain things that some may consider disadvantages and certain things that some people might consider advantages. And one of the things about the way men and women are socialized is that women traditionally like you can like just give signals. You don't even need to be overt <laughs> about your ideas to do something. You could drop hints and there's going to be a lot of dudes like pressed and salivating to make moves, you know, in certain regards. So I just, I don't. I you don't, don't even have to drop hints. It's just it'll be a lot of men pressed and salivating to make yeah. moves uh, because, yeah. So I, I just, I don't. So we've taken you around the world from the democratic <laughs> debate to cucumber fellatio. So there you go. It's the thing, apparently. In Siberia, we don't. Okay, so. <laughs> we don't have cucumbers. Thank you. Thank you for joining we have us. Potatoes. We this have only potato. Week. No toilet paper. Share us with your friends, like a video of a woman filleting a cucumber. Um, what about parsnip? That's actually probably more accurate for a lot of people, but... The bad thing is, I was trying to get a mental picture of what a parsnip is. Is is funny word? I know. I just like I I'm just saying. I know it was funny. I'm just saying like in my mind, I was like, what is a parsnip, parsnip. actually? Like, Often jokes are about the rhythm of the sound you make. I, I I get it. Thank you, Vladimir. I appreciate it. I'll just go back to my little hole. Das vidanya. Datovrich. I do know some Russian, but it doesn't sound like what it is. Volda. Oh, <laughs> I know Volda and Borscht. I know Kakdala. From fourth grade. Which is not Kakdalite. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hi, how are you, or something like that. Kakdala. Borscht is red beet stew and Volda is water. That's what I remember from taking Russian in fourth grade. Kakdalite is when you deep throw the cucumber on, on Instagram. <laughs> I have a lot of things to think about <laughs> after this. <laughs> All right, people, we're logging uh, off. T Rich. S double. We've been to the third, aka Da Vinci Parks. Stay blessed, stay woke. Take hey, care of yourselves. Hi, friends. <laughs> <laughs> take hey, care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Later. Protect your neck. You need to protect your neck if you're filleting cucumbers on the Instagram.